Hi guys, it's me Paula and I pray and I'm here today with a new message about greed. Ah, interesting subject, eh? So I just want to pray for you. I just want to bless you in the name of Jesus right now. I just want to pray over your spirit, soul, and body that Jesus Christ is Lord and that Jesus will give you the wisdom, gives you righteousness and sanctification and redemption that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that the Lord God, you would open the eyes of your understanding, that you might know him, you might see him, you might hear him, and you might receive the word which is engrafted into your heart. It's able to save your soul, the word of God. Amen. In Jesus' name and amen, I pray. Thank you, Lord, for this podcast. I pray you stay with me on the podcast and you listen to it and you give me some feedback on it as well. So let's get started. You know, greed is one of the most often, sometimes talked about actually evils in the Bible. But what is greed? When I say the word greed, what comes to your mind immediately? What's the first word that pops in your mind? If I say somebody is greedy, greedy individual. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about it. And what happens to the greedy? Well, what's wrong anyway with wanting more money? What's wrong with that? Let's put that out there. And and what happens to greedy individuals? What, what actually becomes of people who are greedy? So let's look at that right now. The definition of greed is an excessive, uh, obsessive, compulsive desire to possess more to possess more, to possess more than what one truly needs or more than what others may have. So it's more. It's not just, I'd like to have some nice things or I'd like to go buy some new furniture today or I need a new car. It's not practical needs. It's not paying your bills, doing the rent, getting a job, you know, Um, taking care of your children, feeding them, clothing them. It's not what we're talking about. We're not, put that aside. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about a sin called greed, an attitude of idolatry, really. Something that will defile you and make you unfit for the kingdom of God. All right? I'm really going to get into this with you. I hope you're going there with me right now. In Jesus' name. So, greed from the biblical perspective, is something that is inside a person. It is an inner attitude. It's something in them. Jesus spoke about greed when he said, all these evil things come from the inside and make people unclean. That's from the book of Mark, chapter 7, verse 23. Where are my students of the word of God out there? Where are the word people out there? Because you need to look at this chapter, Mark 7, uh, verse 23. All these evil things come from inside a person and make them unclean. Jesus used that word unclean. That word unclean has to do with your flesh and it's defiled. Defiles you. Jesus, in his day, remarked to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day. The religious leaders of his day. He said, inside you 
are full inside you are full of greed and evil. Luke 11:39. So greed is an inner desire and that actually no one is free from its temptation. Now temptation is uh, having a desire for something but it doesn't give birth to sin unless you act on it. So you say, what if I have a greedy thought or what if I have a, a desire? It's a wrong desire. Well, you know, once you're, once you know it and it's obsessing, you're obsessive about it, you need to repent of it. If you're a child of God, you need to go to God. You need to go to Jesus and pray and say, Lord, I just repent of that. I just turn from that idea of having to have more. I mean, this society we live in is all about you. (laughs) It's not about God. It's about you, 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 you. It's like looking into the mirror. Remember the, the fairy tale mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? You, you're your own idol. You see, an idol is something that you spend time with excessively. An idol is something that in a sense you worship you're spending excessive amount of time with. So if you spend an excessive amount of time with something, it becomes like an idol to you. You go, well, I'm not actually creating a little idol. Yes, you are. That is your idol. Anything can be an idol in this world. It can defile you. And also, it comes out of a spirit of an orphan. You go, what do you mean orphan spirit? It's an orphan spirit. An orphan is someone who doesn't have a father, someone who doesn't have a mother, someone who doesn't have a family. If you're a child of God... I want you to know the Father. Jesus came to reveal the Father's heart. So if you haven't had a good earthly father, it doesn't really matter because once you come into the kingdom of God and receive Jesus Christ into your heart, you're born again. You get a new nature. Your Father is now God. Jesus is the one who became sin. He bridged the gap for us to go back to the Father. We were lost like an orphan. You're, you know, you're, an orphan is scrambling around trying to make, make uh, you know, poor mouth, trying to, trying to, you know, find their way through life without a family. Well, you're supposed to be planted into the family of God through Jesus Christ. Of all believers that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a family there for you. No orphan spirit. So greed is that inner desire feeling that uh, it's not only the rich but the poor can have a greedy spirit. Look at the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Ooh, the story Jesus told about the unforgiving servant. They would not forgive. They would not forgive. All of us at one time or another have taken more than we should have. Greed is not only taking, but keeping it. <laughs> the rich young ruler, the rich fool in Luke 12, 13 through 21. It's not only just wanting and taking, but it's keeping it. And, you know, there was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus, and and Jesus loved him, it says. And this rich young ruler said, you know, I've I've obeyed all the commandments since I was a child. What more do I need to do to get into the kingdom? He said, here's one. Go and sell everything and come and give to the poor, he said. Go give to the poor and come and follow me and you'll have riches in heaven. And it said the rich young ruler went away sad. Think about it. He couldn't do it. Couldn't give to the poor, you see. So greediness is when you won't give, you see. You take more 
but you won't give. Do you know rich people <laughs> can be greedy? You go, well, they have a lot. Yeah, greed is still a part, a part of the heart that is wicked, and it cannot be erased. It cannot be just erased. You have to confess that as sin and give that to Jesus and make you tender-hearted and soft-hearted to people and giving. It's keeping what belongs to God. You're supposed to be a steward of God's money. You're just here to serve God, okay? That's amazing in itself, just to serve Him and be passing out the money, the wealth He gives you to others to help them, all right? Okay, often greed is the wanting of money, um, but not simply just possessions in general. So what is wrong with wanting money? That was the question. It's not the wanting of money. That was the question earlier I asked. It's not wanting money. It's not, I, I need money. It's not that. It's not the wanting of money or even possessions, which is wrong. It is the excessive, obsessive compulsion of these things, which is wrong. It is you spending your time, your energy, all your thoughts, all your time about this thing that has become an idol to you. See it? See that? That is wrong. That is completely wrong. Excessively wanting something. So it's not wanting just having money or possessions. It's excessive. Notice that word, excessive. The Bible acknowledges that humans, you know, we need things, right? Bible says that. And things have to be kept in balance in a life that we live before God. The person does not live by eating only bread. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, not just life, you're just eating bread that means like you live to eat that's your whole life but it's more than that it's more than that you can be obsessive you can be greedy and lustful in your eating as well you can spend all your time obsessing about food in right ways you can say but that's a good thing i know the devil comes disguised as an angel of light too to deceive you to trick you to keep you obsessive compulsive with food as well. You spend all your days not worshiping God, but obsessing about things, about food. And there needs to be a balance there. There needs to be a balance with that. Excess is a relative term, but what may be excess in one culture or situation may be genuinely a need in another. So let me put that into a frame for you. For example, I heard a story of a young man who became a medical doctor and this young man he came to america he was an immigrant to america but he said he just there was one thing every day that he wanted in india and it was hot shower think about it he took cold showers and he said i always wanted a hot shower i just wanted some hot water And when he came to America, he had his first hot shower. See, that may seem like, wow, what's the big deal about having a hot shower? You know, what's what's the big deal? Well, in his country, it's huge because he couldn't get hot water. You see? So what's excessive in one culture may not be in another. How do you know if you're greedy? How do you know if you're cheating? How do you know if you're withholding what is due to others? How do you know that you're stingy? How do you know that you're selfish? <laughs> How do you know you do not share? <laughs> that's that's where it comes from. It comes from a root, really, of, of 
of orphan. Like, gimme, 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 me, me, I, where's my next meal gonna come from? What am I gonna do? That's an orphan. You go, no, I'm a child of God. If you're a child of God, I see an orphan in you. <laughs> I see someone scrambling and picking around and fighting and putting the most food on the plate. You know, I mean, this sounds wild, but you know, somebody who has the biggest of everything, but they rarely look around and see anyone else who has a need or it's all about them. It's just so sad to see it. So what is wrong with money? Nothing with money. It is the love of money. You know, it is the love of money, which is the root of all evil. So you can, you can ask yourself a question. Do your actions do injury or harm? The way you think about these things are wrong to another person, especially to the body of Christ. Again, are you withholding? Are you cheating someone? Do we try to get rich by cheating others? <laughs> well, I've got a plan. I've got this marketing plan, you see, and I'm in business, and I'm going to become somebody great because God wants me to be somebody great. But in the meantime, I may have to cheat some few people. I may have to steal from them. I may have to take their time and be trouble to them. Yeah, you just defrauded the body of Christ. And you're out. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, the Bible says. All right? But here's some good news. I'm going to give you some good news. If we've withheld some wages from workers, which are due them, in James 5 and 4, if we've been unnecessarily trouble to people, Proverbs 15, 27, if we've treated, cheated, excuse me, others, 1 Timothy 3 a, to get rich, we can repent of that. If we brought trouble into our family through our excessive greed, through our selfishness, through that orphan in you, the good news is you don't have to be an orphan anymore. You can become a child of the living God. You can receive new life in Christ. You can rise up out of the ash heap of that, you know, picking around the scraps of life and become a beautiful living child of God. And his new life will come in you and change your heart, soften your heart. You'll be like Christ, who wasn't greedy, by the way. (laughs) Read his story. If you want to read his story, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and their accounts about him. All right? So everything has to be kept in balance again. So when I talk about food, I'm saying balance. We have a balanced life. We're not all about food. We're not all about one thing. We don't, who does that? I'm a whole person. My interests are varied, but my one thing, what is the one thing that I desire, that I seek after? That I might be in the house of the Lord and serve him forever. That's that one big thing that covers everything. Amen. Be everything God wants you to be, but keep it in balance. It's not by bread alone. Mm -mm. It's every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. So, ask the question, Do we withhold things? Do we bring trouble in our families? Some of the most greedy are found among those who can be professing to be the most religious and even the most wealthy at times seem to be the most greedy, seem to to be the ones that can't give. They're constantly obsessing about having more, needing to make more. It never ends, does it? Sin doesn't end unless we do away with it and repent of it and call on Jesus' name to forgive us. So 
bringing trouble in a family. It's because of your greed. Unfortunately, some of the most greedy, again, I said, are found in those who profess to be religious. Look at the false prophets. Look at the Pharisees. Those false teachers in 2 Peter 2, 3 want only your money. They want you to follow them. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ is free. The eternal life in Jesus Christ is a free gift from the Father. You see, it's free. So we don't put a price. Neither do are we greedy. See, our reasoning for preaching the gospel, sharing the word of God, is to bring others to Christ. Not to draw them after you, after yourself. You may have a gift or a talent. You may be incredibly gifted, and that's wonderful. But you're not drawing people after you. Look at me. No, look upon his beauty. Look upon Jesus. Gaze upon him, the author and finisher of life. So do you cause trouble? All right. Do you, you know, I like to say this, you know, Pharisees and scribes, you know, they were very good at taking advantage of weak people. False prophets can lead others astray off of Jesus. They can even teach them to be greedy, to lust after other things. They're compared to the prophet of Balaam in the Old Testament, who the Bible says in 2 Peter 2.15, loved being paid for doing wrong. If you don't know the story of Balaam, not my favorite guy. (laughs) Balaam, the story of Balaam is a very unusual story in the Old Testament. And it's, it's about a man named Balaam who this King Balak wanted him, this prophet, so-called prophet, but he was a false prophet, to curse Israel so they could win the battle against him. And he ended up, actually Balaam, hearing from God, couldn't curse Israel because God had blessed Israel. He said, I can't curse something God has blessed. And still, in the end, he was so wicked, this Balaam. Even after he, he tried every way to go do the evil, even his donkey was was stopped by this angel that came to stop Balaam and and spoke and said that this, 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 he caused this this donkey to speak. God spoke out of his donkey. You know, it's so funny. It's actually kind of a funny story, but it's a so sad story in the end because he actually caused so much trouble in Israel through his wicked advice. If you really want to get this army, then just call in these women that are heathen and pagan women, entice the men with these foreign nations and cultures. Remember, God forbade that. He told his people, the children of Israel, do not intermarry with these. Once you do, you'll be defiled, see? And and God can't bless that. He can't bless you if you're cursed by other pagan gods and goddesses and demons, really. So why would God, God can't participate in evil deeds of darkness. So when you intermarry, you come into those type of things, you hook up with the spirit of that family, you're in trouble. (laughs) You need to repent of that right now. Okay. There's, that's very interesting that Balaam was used and he was very greedy because he was paid. So who love being paid for doing wrong. The greedy can be said to be those persons who will accept pay for doing wrong. In Proverbs, it says anyone who is very greedy for money will accept pay for doing anything. False witnessing, a bribe, it has to do with money, 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 money. You see, the Bible's already got one up on that in the book of wisdom, in the book of Proverbs. Practical wisdom. 
Although the Bible is concerned with the impact of greed upon human relationships, its impact upon your relationship with God is where we're going after here. It's greater. It's a much greater concern. Your relationship with God. Greed and unhealthy desires interfere with our relationship with God. Don't you see when you're greedy of heart? How can you can't have two minds? You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. You can have all your attention on you and making money and and not even that, just desiring things all the time, material things, material. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, natural things that you have to do in this world. Work, pay your bills, right? You know, clothe your children, feed your children, (laughs) you know, pay your rent, the basic things of life. We're talking about excessive amount. Don't you see it everywhere? Don't you see it everywhere? I do. Taking advantage also of weak people. False prophetic. The Bible is concerned with the impact again. The greatest of evil is greed is in fact idolatry. I said it earlier. Colossians 3, 5, Jesus said you cannot serve uh, excuse me, Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and worldly riches, Matthew 6, 24. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God, Luke 18, 25. Can you think of it? As human beings, you know, sure, you're going to want more things, right? You're human. That's the human side of you, but you're a spirit, soul, and body. If you're a child of God, you should be focused on the things of God. Seek first. First, first, say first out loud, the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things, right? Material things shall be added unto you. It's not your focus, but you'll have those things and they'll be in proper order with a healthy attitude towards them. Greed is in fact idolatry. You can serve both God and worldly riches. You can't. As human beings, there will be things we want, right? The issue is whether money and possessions are more important to us than God. That's that's the real kicker right there. That's the bottom line. You have to ask yourself individually, is this thing that I want more important to me than God? You get, Stop. I'm going to tell you right now, some of you aren't being real. You're not honest with yourselves. If if anything, be honest with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I more concerned about, do I want, fill in the blank, this, whatever it is, more than I want God? That is the bottom line here in this message. See, when we have anything before him, we always get in trouble. We always fail. We always wind up unhappy. And then even so, that thing you wanted, it never fulfilled you. It never fulfilled you. It never will either. Greed is idolatry. Money and possessions, if they're more important to us. It's because again, there's nothing wrong with saying, I have something I want, or I, I have something that I need even. I, I have something right in my heart that I need. That's not wrong in and, in and of itself. All right? But it's when you put your trust in that and not in God. Our prayer should be, everything in heaven and earth belongs to you, Lord. Like David prayed, riches and honor come from you. First Chronicles 29, 11 through 12. Riches and honor 
come from you? Where was his source? Well, my source is in my job and my promotion. My source is in my talent. My source is in what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? The more I do, I gain. I, me, 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 me. It's about you. It's not my source is God. He shall supply my need according to his riches and glory. I'm looking to you, Father. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take. It's still about you. My relationship is so important that I have with you. I'm I'm wanting you more than I want these things. You see, let's just cut to the chase and stop playing games today. The church plays a lot of games. If you're a believer, I don't care where you came from, what culture you're from, what country you're from. doesn't matter what color you are. We're all the same when it comes down to human. (laughs) We're human, okay? So don't pull anything over on me like you're... Pride. Don't get on your high horse, okay? Just say, no, I've had those things, Paula, in my life, and they haven't made me happy. Or I haven't had those things, but I lust after them. I want to I wanna get married. I want this. I want that. I want this. And you whine and complain. Why? Is that the kind of prayer you're doing? Because prayer isn't just telling God all the time, I want, I want, I want. Prayer is also saying, Father, I want a relationship with you. I want more of you, Jesus. I want your anointing in my life. I want your power so I can help others, so I can give to others, see? That's the key, the giving to others. So anything that interferes with the relationship to God is the greatest evil, okay? There's nothing wrong with having things as long as they do not possess you and you're not obsessive compulsive. You're not compulsive. You're not running after those things. Like David, again, we should say, everything in heaven and earth belongs to you, Lord, and riches and honor come from you. Like Paul, believers need to learn the secret of being content. What a great word. Are you happy with where you're at right now? No, I just have to keep, you keep trying to make a life, and then one day you're going to wake up and say, I don't even know how to live. Trying to make a life, trying to make a life, trying to make a life. And one day you're going to wake up, it's going to be late in life, and you're going to say, I don't even know how to live. I'm not even happy. I'm still not content. I'm not at peace with what I have. Contentment means, doesn't mean you're not trying to improve yourself. That's ridiculous. We're not even talking about that. If you have heart disease, you may have to go on a special diet. You know, if you have a problem that needs to be solved physically, you may need to go to the doctor. Hello? And solve it. We're not talking about those things. You may need to get on a program and a plan to help you achieve your goals, okay? We're not talking about that. We're talking about the heart of the matter here. We're cutting to the heart of the matter. Solve the heart of the matter. Go to the root. Don't try to lop it off at the top. You don't get a weed. If there's a weed growing in your garden, I'm telling you, I've done this. You just go around, you're walking around your garden or just walking around your house. I'm going to pull that up. You don't get it up to the, you don't get it out of the ground, the root of that thing. It will pop right back up and it'll grow and be bigger. And it'll snuff out everybody else, every every beautiful plant, a flower you planted around. It. It'll kill it. Those weeds kill other things. So the weeds, the tares, and the uh, uh, grow up together. The tares grow up around us. Some are good. I mean, some people are good, but some are tares. They're weeds. Don't hang around with weedies. <laughs> weeds, because you'll be like snuffed out. It'll, if you hang around with people that are greedy, you're going to be greedy. Okay, can I say it any plainer? We always want more. That's human nature. 
but it's our attitude that marks us, whether we're a believer. Really? Are you? Are you just a phony believer, a worldly believer? Just just use Paul the Apostle's letters to the Corinthians. You're carnally minded, carnal. Say it. You're minded, mindful about many things. You're going every direction. But it's not about Jesus. It's about you and your thing you're doing. But you still label yourself a Christian. Really? Are you really? Ask yourself, am I really a true believer? Just be real. I'd rather have you not have experienced his power or glory and then fall back and slide back and not know him. I would rather have you say, now, I'm a slidden back Christian. (laughs) I'm not a believer. I'm just a worldly believer. I do all kinds of things outside of the word of God. I don't follow Jesus. See, there's a label on a church. It says Christian church, denomination. Okay, all right. I hope and I pray they're real true believers in their following Christ and are not just religious people, pretenders, just pretenders hoping, wishing, and praying to get to heaven. That's not being born again and having a new life in Christ. That's just joining a country club. I joined the club. Yeah, okay. That's what you wanted. You got that. But are you content? What is the secret of contentment? Well, let's look at the Bible. Paul the Apostle said, I have learned the secret of being happy at any time and in everything that happens. In everything that happens. Paul, the great Apostle Paul, come on. Paul, the Pharisee of Pharisees, Saul, who got knocked off his high horse (laughs) and heard Jesus say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, sir? I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. This is the great apostle Paul, converted (laughs) to Christ. He's the one we want to look at. What, What did he do? You know, he was beaten with lashes. To almost and died. At one point, they stoned him. We know he was stoned. Another time, he was shipwrecked. Another time, he was put in stocks in jail. Paul, persecuted, had to be snuck out of the city so they wouldn't kill him. He caused riots wherever he went, preaching about Jesus, the Messiah. You see, this is the guy we're talking about. Don't, don't minimize this man in any way, shape, or form. You know not where with you speak. I have learned, he said, the secret of being happy in any time and everything that happens when I have enough to eat and when I go hungry, when I have more than I need and when I do not have enough. Philippians 4.12. This does not mean we should not work hard for a living. It doesn't mean we should not. It does mean we should seek God's kingdom first. It means we should be grateful and have a happy heart. That's what that means. But orphans don't have a happy heart, happy heart do they? Orphans are always running around trying to find a father, trying to attach to something, trying to get something. They're greedy. They lust after things. An orphan spirit is disconnected, doesn't know its father is God. Don't have an orphan spirit. Get healed. Jesus is the healer of broken hearts. He came to set captives free. He came to restore you back to the father's heart. We couldn't get back to heaven. Heaven heaven had to come down to us, to this orphan planet. All of us were orphaned. You see? All of us felt like an orphan because we had accepted our our spiritual parents' um, high treason. Adam and Eve sold out to God's enemy. Satan, the devil, he's the orphan. 
He's the, he's the rebel. He has no father. He had rebelled against God in heaven, was cast down out of heaven. You see, that's the culprit. He's the culprit. So in the nature and the heart of man is the nature of the enemy. You know, Jesus at one point pointed to the religious people of his day and said, you are of your father, the devil. What does that tell you? It means you could have a father and it's not God. You have a wrong spirit, in other words. Your spirit is wrong. People can have a wrong spirit around you. You're just wondering about that now, some of you. Seek first God's kingdom and all he wants you to do. Matthew 6, 32 through 33. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Proverbs 3, 9. It's not money, again, which is the root of all evil. Read the scripture in context. I hear people in the world, they, they're always mimicking or mouthing off scripture. Like, you know, uh, give unto others if you do unto you. Give unto. They quote scripture halfway or they use it for their business logo or, you know, branding or whatever. But the thing is that it says the root of all evil is not money. It is the love of money, which is the we, which is the root of all evil in 1 Timothy 6.10. The love of money. Because money in itself is an evil. You know, you need money. I mean, come on, be real. You need a job. You need to make money. Okay, there's things you need to buy. We're not talking about that, buying and selling in the marketplace. We're not talking about being a consumer. We're talking about the heart of the matter, the lust of the heart, the greed of the heart. The carnal mind set against God in enmity, striving against God. I'm going to have it my way. You can have it your way, but you won't enter into the kingdom of God. Beware (laughs) and be aware of this. Seek God's kingdom first and all he wants and all these things shall be added unto you. 1 Timothy 6.10, it is the root of all evil, the love of money. What happens to greedy people? The Bible is clear that greedy will take no part or have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10, through 10, Ephesians 5, 5. They will have no inheritance in the kingdom. What is your treasure? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. The Bible exhorts Christians to keep your lives free from the love of money and be satisfied with what you have. Hebrews 13, 15. Be content. That's what that means. Have a contentment. Be satisfied. Look around you. Do you have a home? Do you have a car? I mean, do you have a place to live? Do you have food on your table? Do you have clothes in your closet? Do you have family that loves you? Rejoice. Rejoice. You might have 10,000 more homes or a billion closets full of clothes. I, the other day, I went to clean out my closet. Ugh. I was like, why do I have all these clothes and sizes and clothes and sizes and all these shoes, I ended up giving half of my closet away because I was like, this is crazy. I can't wear all this stuff. Besides, it doesn't even fit me. (laughs) But I was given good stuff. It was like new stuff too. So I was like, Lord, let me sew into your kingdom. And I've done that. You don't live to be greedy. You live to give. Make that your motto. I like to live to give to God and to his kingdom. Plant seed in his kingdom. Start doing that. You know, can you take $5 and make it stretch? You ever hear that statement? Like, if you give me $10, I'm telling you, I can get you a bargain. 
I'm the kind of virtuous woman, the Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> I started when I was young. I know how to work that thing. You know, I don't know what it is. It's God. Because I can walk into a place and a bargain will be right in front of my face. I haven't even asked the Father. He already knew I had need of that thing. And it's before me. It's kind of like I shop like you use a bank, you know, the drive up or you go online, you deposit. I just drive up and it's quick and I put that in and take it out. I don't spend a lot of time with it. But when I get there to that place, it's it's there for me. You know, how many, how many lunches have you sowed to a child of God? How much money have you stuck in an envelope and sent it over to a ministry that needs your help? Oh, I just ignore that. Really? That's interesting. Maybe God's going to ignore you. Maybe that's why you're not content. Maybe that's why you're not happy. Maybe that's why you're not at peace. You're so busy trying to live, you forgot how to stop and smell the roses. You see? You're caught up in the things of this world. You're a worldly Christian. Get over into the supernatural. Get over into the exciting part of the Word of God. Get over into seeking Jesus. Get over to He is so beautiful. If you beheld his glory for a nanosecond, you would just die, just fall down dead. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to stand in his presence. You can't. This flesh cannot come in contact with the supernatural and not give way. The Bible exhorts Christians to keep your lives free from the love of money. The love of money. Again, don't say money is the root of all evil, which is misquoted over and over in the world. Somebody please stand up and quote it. It's the love of money. It's your greed for money. All right, I made that point. I think I drove that home. I hope I did. So when it comes to the subject of believers and money, I found this quote in the Bible commentary I was reading in the uh, Sunday School edition of the um, New Century Version Bible. And I love it. And it says, John Wesley, I don't know if you knew John was an 18th century revivalist preacher. Many of our revivals that came out of Europe, came out of Wales, came out of England, many men of God during the Reformation lost their lives and died for translating the Bible into common English so we could read it. They were burned at the stake, all right? Wake up call, people gave their lives to make our lives better. But this translation talks about, uh, I'll put it in this um, translation, New Century Version. John Wesley, an 18th century revivalist, probably said it the best. Earn as much as you can. So work hard. The Bible says in Proverbs, if you're a sluggard and you sit around, you lay around, you lazy old thing, you're not going to make anything. I don't want to work. I want people to work for me. Forget it. I'm an entrepreneur. No, you're not. You're lazy. You know, some people out there try to put a label on them. I can't work. Yes, you can. You're lazy. It says lazy people are dangerous. Do you want a lazy person to be your co-partner in a job? Yeah, you'll end up doing their work. Do you get happy with that? Does that make you happy? No. All right. I said too much there, didn't I? Okay. (laughs) Earn as much as you can. Save as much as you can. Did you know saving money is common sense? I know. Do I have to teach this? Do you know saving your money is common sense? It's like Proverbs wisdom. You ever read the book of Proverbs? Probably not. If you had, you would find out saving money is important. Think about it. If you don't have any money saved, remember for a, uh, uh, a cold day is coming. 
what are you going to do? I spent all my money on clothes. I spent all my money on myself. I spent all my money on my greed. I spent all... Yeah, I know you did because you're not smart. You're not smart in Christ. You're not wise. You're a fool. You need to have a savings account. Put your money away. Earn as much as you can and give, give, and give as much as you can. Here again, we are talking about money. Yes, the real stuff, the money. Someone says, oh no, I'm just talking about my service I gave in Sunday school. No, that's a given. If you're in a church situation and, and you're serving, helping in children's ministry or ushering or parking lot attendant or whatever, you could you know, be the pastor. You could be uh, in any position, really. You're, you're, you know, you're there, you're giving, of course. That's your gift to give. You know, if you're a teacher, you teach. You know, that's good. I'm talking about the hardcore money. Yeah, things. Well, let's just say material things that, you know, the stuff that we really want and need. Earn as much as you can. Save as much as you can. And give and give as much as you can. If you want to go further study on this topic on greed, you know, how a good steward will plant and invest their money, how they can find good investments. That's a whole other story because Jesus definitely pointed that out in, in the scriptures that those who knew how to invest money, give it to the one who made money and interest off of, you know, what I gave them. He gave each person a talent. Some had one, two, and three, but he went back to check on them, the landowner, and said, what did you do with it? Well, everybody said, well, I invested it, and I earned this. I invested your this, and I earned this. And then they were saying, what did you do with the talent I gave you? And the last one said, oh, I got afraid because I knew you were a hard man. And, I, you know, so the, the guy is judging the landowner. He's judging his boss, basically. He's judging God and saying, well, I knew that you didn't earn, you didn't work and that you have all these people working for you. So I cheated you a little bit. I cheat. That's what that scripture is about. I cheated you uh, out of what I should have earned for you because I figured, well, you've got plenty of money. Do you ever hear poor people say, you know, you can be poor and be greedy? Yeah. Do you ever hear poor people say, you owe me something. After all, you've got two cars. Give me one of yours. I'm going to steal from you. I'm going over to your house and going to your cupboards and your, or your <laughs> cupboards. I saw like mother, I saw like a, that's, it's not a cupboard, like something they said in like a nursery rhyme. Oh my. Okay. I went into your cabinet and I took some stuff out of your cabinet. I stole from you. I just borrowed it. Be careful of people who say they borrow from you. They don't pay you back because there's something wrong in their lives that they never have enough. My God shall supply my needs, that's just needs, everyday practically, according to his riches and glory. You are slapping God in the face when you say, God can't supply my needs. God, well, he won't supply your needs. He's going to give it to me. I'll, I'll take it because I confess his word. I believe him and trust him. He will supply my needs according to his riches. Is God poor? Do you think heaven is poor? Uh, last thing I read was the Bible says the streets are made of gold, solid gold. So, uh, yeah. Mm -mm. He doesn't need your money anyway. He just wants your heart. God doesn't need your money, but he needs you to be a good steward of money and give to others and be faithful with what he tells you to do. Some people still are mixed up. I hear it right now. Lord's saying they're still mixed up about this. They think they can cheat God. 
God has a record of you. Did you know that? He records you. His angels have books in heaven. Yeah. He records you. He knows what you're up about. Some of them think you're cheating, got to sneak and getting by. No, no, no. Your conscience is your knower, right or wrong. You've hardened it and pushed things down because you've sinned. Instead of now, right now, why don't you get free from that sin of greed? Why don't you just let that go? Why don't you just surrender? To God, I am sorry, Jesus, for being greedy. I am sorry for withholding. I am sorry for expecting unrealistically things from others that they should owe it to me because they have a lot. No. Lord, I have disobeyed your word. I have not been following you. I've made this thing an idol that I worship. I'm obsessed about it. It controls me. It's in my thoughts. It's in my mind every day. So actually, I am worrying about it. I am worrying about it. I haven't surrendered my life to you, Lord, at all about these matters. I haven't surrendered my life. I'm constantly, constantly thinking about these things. The Bible says that we are to look to God for every single thing that we need. Everything we need, we should look to God and say, God, give me those things I need today. Our Father, give me those things that I need today. That I might be content. That I might be content. In Jesus' name, Lord, I surrender. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of greed, Lord. And before I close, I just want to give you a final scripture. Really, please, please take out your Bibles and study this. Matthew 6, such a good scripture. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable thing or deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, those pretenders. But when you pray, go into your inner room. Go into your closet. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father who knows you need these things, your Father knows you need, have need of things, and knows of them before you ask Him. So in this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Forgive us, Lord, as we forgive our debtors. Forgive and let them go right now in Jesus' name. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
I just bless you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to my podcast today. Bye.